0: I mean, look at me, Martin. Have you ever seen me like this? Don't answer that. Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton, and
1: I'm Nadira Goff, and you're listening to ICYMI, in case you missed it, Slate's podcast
0: about internet culture. And guess who is back? We are instating Nadira's supremacy while we continue to figure out how to fill Madison's shoes. We will be having more guest hosts, but Nadira is one of my absolutely favorite people at Slate, so we love having her fill in. Nadira, welcome back. How was your weekend? Thank you. Thank you for having me again. Second, as you should.
1: (laughs) And third, my weekend was pretty good. I didn't do anything but sleep and watch K-dramas.
0: And you? So I made some mistakes, as in I went dancing for the first time in a long time, which was phenomenal. No one was playing Renaissance, which I was really offended by, but we can talk about that later. But the thing is, I had the absolute hardest time finding an outfit. And I don't know if it's because I always do or if it's because it's been so long since I've been outside. Or if because mm. I don't actually know what we're wearing outside. Yes. Or if because I feel like I'm always in the middle of, like, a fashion identity crisis. Same. But but regardless of what whatever was happening, maybe Mercury was in retrograde. I don't know. But I was struggling so hard Saturday night. Just, like, every single item of clothing was on my bedroom floor. And in that spirit, I would like to see you metaphorically pull all your clothes out and put them on the bedroom floor. So... If you had to describe your dream aesthetic in three trend phrases, what would it be? Okay, first of all,
1: not in that spirit after describing the most chaotic (laughs) spirit ever. (laughs) But this is difficult, because I was just talking to my friend a few days ago about how my sense of my own aesthetic and style changes all of the time. Like, you know Mm -hmm. those TikToks that are like, oh, I'm this girl, but I'm also this girl, but I'm also Mm -hmm. this girl. And it's just changing aesthetics. Well, that's me. To a T. <laughs> yep. But I guess in this moment I would say that I definitely lean more towards counterculture as a whole. So streetwear, mm. which I hate that term because on whose streets? <laughs> whose streets in your Jordans and your fa- whose streets anyway?
0: In your dirty Air Force Ones.
1: Right. Whose streets? <laughs> Not mine. <laughs> And uh, (laughs) 90s and 80s vintage clothing, like anything tied to the movie Mm. Beach Street, which is me and my mom, like one of our favorites, is definitely my calling. I love all that kind of vintage stuff. But also, I tend to trend more minimalist and minimalist clothing. Um, So what usually happens is like a mix between chic and street, I guess. So, for instance, an
0: oversized blazer, but with a graphic tee. I will say until you told me a specific outfit... All of those different styles, I was like, how do these come together? How is this cohering? I wonder every day as I get dressed. <laughs> it's a valid question. But I understand. I understand. That's exactly how I feel about my sense of style. And I will also say that I feel like it changes from season to season. So my summer style, I would say, is like kind of, I'm so sorry for the terms I'm about to use, but like a normcore sun, mm. a cottagecore moon. And like a '90s rising, as in, if it was on a different world, I wanted.
1: Okay, everything about what you just said was triggering, but <laughs> <laughs> also because I get it, because me too.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. 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 Same. Well, now that we've triggered each other, <laughs> fashion could be this powerful. It's just so hard right now because not only. Are there just so many clothes? But there's so many fucking aesthetics now. Like, there's the new shit, like coastal grandmother and cottage core. There's staples, like grunge and streetwear, heavy air quotes. There's dark academia. There's light academia. <laughs> there's Y2K, Visco girl. There's IG baddie. I could truly keep going for the rest of the episode. And the thing is, we kind of will be. <laughs>
1: Yeah, in a way. Well, in all of the ways, I guess. On today's show, we're going to be talking about three recent-ish aesthetics and trends that have been taking over TikTok. We've got the clean girl, old money aesthetics, and the soft life lifestyle. On the surface, these three aesthetics look like your typical easy come, easy go trends that we'll forget the name of in five years or five minutes if you're me. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know about you, Rachel, but something about these trends uh, made me just pause and go, hmm... What's going
0: on there? Taken together, they, to me, kind of capture this antipathy in the zeitgeist towards a specific form of commercialized girl boss, hot girl feminism. But we need to talk about what exactly these trends, as in clean girl, old money, and soft life actually are. After a short break, we will be telling y'all how exactly to live your best soft clean girl, old money life, or maybe why you shouldn't be. There's fantasy astronomy. There's avant-garde. There's baby core. There's Gen X Soft Club.
1: There's- Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night.
0: And we are back with some trend analysis. First up, we've got what I think is our collective least
1: favorite of this trifecta, which is clean girl. Of the three, I think this is the one that has made its way the most into the zeitgeist in that there have been think pieces and a full cycle of backlash against it. But before we get into that, what exactly is a clean girl? Wrong answers only.
0: Ooh, 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 I've been waiting for this. Okay, a clean girl is somebody who uses a washcloth. No. Somebody whose personal scent is pine saw, like they just have their own little spritz bottle and they like, spritz, spritz, pine saw? Maybe. The daughter of Mr. Clean.
1: Ding, ding, ding. Those are all better <laughs> options
0: than what it actually
1: is. Usual caveat that dating a trend is usually a fool's errand, but I'd say the popularization of the clean girl trend started on TikTok with this video by XO Liza Beauty.
0: You know those girls that always look clean, their skin is always glowing,
1: their lips are always glossed, and they never ever look like they're wearing too much makeup? We may not be them, but here's how to get their look.
0: Apply concealer. I don't wanna blame Exo Liza for what happened after this video. I don't think she knew what she was doing when she functionally uploaded a no makeup makeup look. Though some of the language and tips used in this video are a little iffy, what exactly is too much makeup? Also, why is she applying Alkafort on her lashes before she puts on mascara? Also, I'm sorry, and maybe this is just me, but I've never once looked at a girl, or boy, or anybody, and thought, wow, they look clean. It's
1: definitely not just you. It's at least also me. So this <laughs> video was posted in July of last year and since then has been viewed almost 12 million times. The sound has been used in just over 2,000 videos, but the hashtag clean girl has over 500 million views.
0: This hashtag is wide and extensive, as you can guess by the fact that it has over 500 million views. If you were to go click on hashtag clean girl, you would see your typical collection of get ready with me's or GRWM's for the girlies who know. You would see makeup tutorials like the one we just played. You would see hair care routines and clean girl must haves, which for some reason usually includes Olaplex. I love Olaplex, so maybe I am in fact a clean girl. Anyway, basically, what everyone in this aesthetic is selling is flawless, glowing skin, minimalist makeup, slicked back hair. Oversized white button-down shirts with light-washed denim, simple gold hoops, avocado toast, and Sunday resets where you clean your entire house with some incense. Like, think model on her day off, but most importantly, almost everyone in this hashtag is a thin white woman.
1: Which brings us to one of the many issues with this trend. Actually, the first issue is the name. Clean? 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 Are regular-sized bodies dirty? Is makeup dirty? Is acne dirty? Are non-neutral colors dirty? Are non-white people dirty? Oh, Nadir, I think you might be getting... getting you're hitting too close to home with that one. All right, I'm winding it back. I'm winding it back. <laughs> wind it that Wind it <laughs> But importantly, people have tried to diversify this trend. There's a thread on Twitter from May where the first tweet is just clean girl aesthetic but make it black. And the rest of the thread is just beautiful black women. But I couldn't help but notice that they're all very thin and have a specific hair type that is not necessarily mine. And this brings us to the next issue with the clean girl mood
0: boards. There's so many. There's also an incredible ID Magazine piece on the clean girl trend that I think really effectively describes a lot of the issues with it. We will link it in the show notes. But Ryan Finn, a fashion commentator and trend analyst, was interviewed for that piece. I've actually been following Ryan since my Tumblr days. She is on Tumblr and Instagram as at that adult, which is chef's kiss. And she always has incredibly incisive commentary on beauty trends and this piece is no exception. She describes how the turn towards minimalism and no makeup makeup looks can look egalitarian at first because you're not spending all your money on the next, you know, Huda beauty palette. But it basically shifts the money you're spending from buying that eyeshadow palette to paying for the unseen, unrevealed expense of skincare lash extensions, which most of the clean girl girlies have, and super expensive facial treatments. Ryan says in this ID piece, the clean girl aesthetic is so exclusive, but so derivative. It's inherently exclusive, but exists as an amalgamation of uptown white girl culture and Black and Latin 90s aesthetic. Like, the inclusion of gold hoops into this clean girl aesthetic is maybe the wildest thing to see for me, personally. Like, Big cold hoops were stigmatized as ghetto for years, and now it's clean? Unacceptable. Unacceptable.
1: (laughs) Unacceptable. This whole trend takes something that is for us and made to fit all of us, and us as in non-white people, but elevates it to a level of unattainability for anyone who doesn't fit into the stereotype, which
0: is, I don't know, a little distressing? And importantly, Nadir and I are not the only ones who are upset. There's been a lot of recent backlash to the clean girl trend, along with attempts to reclaim specific marks of it, like the slick back bun, which was a staple of 90s Latina aesthetics. Here's a TikTok from @beckyjade. Becky Jade. The whole clean girl aesthetic reminds me of when you're a kid and you go and try on your mom's clothes thinking that you look all adult and put together, but you really don't at all. Because at its core, whether you see this or not, the clean girl aesthetic is the epitome of the successful, white, millennial, rich corporate girl boss. That is what it represents. That is all the time we have for clean girls because we have to move on to the next trend that we don't like, which is old money. So old money is pretty much exactly what it sounds like, which is regular degular people who don't have generational wealth trying to to achieve the look of somebody who does. So think, like, Jackie O, Princess Diana, the Vanderbilts, the Gettys. Basically, like, succession chic. Okay, so this one
1: is actually a little rough for me, because I'm a Gatsby girly, like... What can I say old sport? You know, oh my
0: god, bitch, not you chasing the green light.
1: <laughs> Listen, you know, I just be staring at it across the water, <laughs> whatever. I read the book.
0: Anyway, like
1: the millennial I am. I loved Lindsay Lohan's The Parent Trap, and I think that both Natasha Richardson's sort of British heiress aesthetic and Elaine his sort of hot trophy wife aesthetic were very good. Mm, but mm-hmm. that's kind of all this trend is, either or, or some fluctuation between the two.
0: And I get it, okay? I've been trying to dress like Chessie since I was but a small child. And the 1998 parent trap is such a good example of this because while the aesthetic is old money, that is literally the name of it, it's a very modern version of old money. It's got kind of clean, sharp lines, simple patterns are known at all, base colors, linens, wools, and cottons, no polyester in this household. And very simple, mostly gold jewelry. Gatsby is also a phenomenal reference, not least because a lot of the old money videos use that Lana Del Rey song, Young and Beautiful, which is a banger, not going to lie. Sure. If you go into the old money tag, which currently has 1.7 billion views on TikTok, you'll see videos like this one from Angela Mariano on how to achieve the aesthetic if you don't come from, you know, Rockefeller money.
1: Now, new money is very label-heavy and trendy, while old money is all about high-quality items that will never go out of style. Okay, how do we dress like old millionaires? Janelle-inspired tweed sets, headbands, sheer tights, and loafers. You'll also get videos with recommendations for how to spend your time like you have old money. You know, playing tennis, watching polo matches, attending charity events. Regular shit. (laughs) What fashion brands people with old money wear, like Ralph Lauren and Hermes. You know, totally in my closet. Mm -hmm. And even what the old money class names their boys. Think William, Henry, Thomas, Charles. Basically, if multiple English monarchs had the name, then it's old money.
0: Which I think brings us to the big, bright red, neon red flag here. I thought we were supposed to be eating the rich, not... Dressing like them. Like, on some level, I will say this reads to me as a direct response to fast fashion. Generously, I think people are starting to feel a bit squeaky about how bad fast fashion is. But the old money trend seems to also have no regard for the issues present in actual days of old money and the sort of exploitation that was occurring then and still is to this day. So, what are we doing here? I mean, that part. Like, do you know
1: how many impoverished POC had to be overworked and exploited to get the fabrics and dyes that you're hailing as the ultimate aesthetic? Like, luxury fashion is not exempt from the larger issues of the industry. But it's not only exploitative, it's extremely exclusionary, too. The original old money aesthetic was all white, all thin, and all able-bodied because how else could you play polo and go to a yacht club? It was also quite European, which has its own history and exploitation, especially
0: when connected with America's
1: history. But these were the uber rich people.
0: Yeah, I mean, colonialism, babes, it's what's happening in this aesthetic. It's funny because in all the TikToks that are giving um, reference or inspiration points, everyone in those photos is white. And you're just like, oh. Should we be basing our style or personality on the descendants of robber barons or colonialist or imperialist?
1: No, the answer is no. But... (laughs) I should point out that I'm actually a big fan of buying more luxury items if you can afford them and if they'll really bring you joy. For example, Mm. I bought my first Patagucci, that's Patagonia, last winter, (laughs) and I legit never took it off. Like it was a little distressing, (laughs) but I love it so much. You know, it was one of my favorite pieces of clothing that... I bought that year and now one of my favorite pieces of clothing that I own. And Mm -hmm. I really like shoes, but my feet have been a size 12 since I was a child. and So I know how to take care of them and have built up a nice collection out of sheer lack of options. My body isn't standard, so I either have to go super cheap to find options in fast fashion or super expensive to find options that are good quality and will work for me. Not everyone has access to that middle ground.
0: No, it makes a lot of sense. I think what you're saying basically is maybe a little old money as a treat.
1: Yeah, and maybe just forgetting the idea of old money at all when considering your looks or vibes.
0: Yeah, like if you want to take style inspo from Jackie Kennedy, then go ahead. Her choices were iconic. Every single fall, all I do is wear the princess die special, which is big sweatshirt, tiny bike shorts. But I will say the moment middle class people start spouting bullshit like, Money talks, but wealth whispers, which is this gross chiding of ostentatious fashion. Well, that's the moment I start pulling out my tiny miniature guillotine. Like, this entire thing could have been a radical movement against fast fashion towards buying pieces that last. But instead, we have people wanting to name their son Richard and teach him polo.
1: To all of this, I say, in this economy... And apparently, the internet is saying, yes, in this economy. But that question will plan repeat in my mind as we take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be discussing the soft life trend, break down what it means that we're juggling all these trends at once, and what exactly Jasmine Sullivan has to do with this.
0: There's research. There's chaotic academia. There's high school dream jungle. Hey, I'm journalist Sam Sanders. I'm poet Saeed Jones. And I'm producer Zach Stafford, and we are the hosts of a podcast called Vibe Check. On Vibe Check, we talk about everything, news, culture, and entertainment, and how it all feels. That's right. We talk about any and everything on our show, from real-life issues like grief to music and movie critiques, and that barely scratches the surface. Yes, indeed. And it doesn't stop there. We have got a lot to say. So join our group chat, come to life. Follow and listen to VibeCheck wherever you get your podcasts. In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to.
1: We were on this mission together, and we were gonna prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could.
0: I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen Kid Nation, a six part podcast from CBC. Available now. Hi, y'all. If you love our podcasts, then please consider subscribing to Slate Plus. When you subscribe to Slate Plus, that means you get no ads on any Slate podcast, including this one. It means you'll be supporting this show. ICYMI would not be possible without the support of Slate Plus subscribers. It also means that you'll get bonus segments or episodes on shows like Slow Burn, Hang Up and Listen, The Waves, and Big Mood Little Mood, and you will also get unlimited reading on the Slate website, which means you get access to every single article and advice column on Slate without ever, ever, ever hitting the paywall. Just visit slate.com slash ICYMI plus to sign up. That is slate.com slash ICYMI plus. We are back and we're listening to Jasmine Sullivan.
1: As a Philly girl, I will always ride for some Jasmine, but
0: why? All right, stick with me, stick with me. I feel like her song, The Other Side, from her most recent album, Hotels, is like the anthem of the next trend we're about to talk about, which is Soft Life.
1: Oh, that's a great point. But honestly, I'd say Mascara from her album, Reality TV, is maybe the real soft girl anthem. But Mm. I digress. When it comes to soft, I'm used to it meaning emotionally soft. And then I became really surprised when I found out that it means not wanting to have to work.
0: Yeah, as a Pisces, I was like, oh, we're talking about emotional intelligence. And then I was like, oh, we're talking about classism, Soft life is the first trend we're talking about today that's primarily driven by black women. So I do think that it's really important to understand that context, which is, bitch, we're tired. Like, (laughs) just cue Malcolm X saying that the most disrespected woman in America is a black woman. At its most, I would say, understandable to me personally, the soft life aesthetic is basically one without struggle. And again, I get it. I love to not struggle. We as Black women are often asked to accept whatever is handed to us and say thank you. Like, I'm sure you have heard that if you don't lower your standards, then you'll die alone a bitter bitch. This extremely hilarious spoken word poem from Simply Sayo explains soft life the best. Soft life. More than just a lifestyle. It's a way of life. I will not partake in struggle. I have opted out of strife. I'm taking everything in my stride, for I cannot come and die. I will do the bare minimum. I won't be like, I can get behind this. But what I cannot get behind is shit like this. Wanting to live a
1: soft life? I don't think you're lazy. I think you've been living in your masculine energy. The moment I started dating men who actually wanted to be men, and I left behind the men who wanted to be the bad bitch in the relationship, my life changed drastically,
0: like instantly. I met a guy last year who put me on four planes during the summer. Like, I'm, what is what the fuck is masculine energy, and how the how is this not just doubling down on like seven different harmful dynamics? So beginning. Me. With the one that suggests that black women are inherently masculine and aggressive and ending with the kind of reification of depending financially on men. I thought we left that behind like five decades ago. (laughs) I mean,
1: me too. So maybe this is black women's response to always having to do it all and it is tiring I think we can both agree as we mm-hmm. mentioned before but I'm we tired. can't let our frustration our stress our tiredness or dissatisfaction with societal expectations turn us into classist ableist all other types of ist people and mm-hmm. what is all of this playing into gender roles like I really thought we stopped doing that years ago where do Same. non-binary and genderqueer people fit into this and what the fuck as you mentioned even is masculine energy like like Like, do cis people even know what that is? Because I surely don't. And here's where I give you a short cautionary tale. So I matched with this guy on Hinge, and he canceled on me before we even went on the date because I wanted to choose what we did, drinks, not dinner, and had an end time, 10 p.m., because I had to be up early the next morning, which he found controlling and very, quote, masculine energy. Are you joking? No, sir. You chose where we were going, what day, and when, controlling where? And even if it was controlling, quote unquote, what about that makes it masculine? Like, I just want to be safe and comfortable. Is that not universal?
0: I feel like we should throw that man in the trash, throw the dating app Hinge in the trash, throw online dating in the trash, throw whatever the fuck masculine energy is in the trash. Like, this entire thing... Strikes me as a desire to return to a mythologized 50s style version of partnership where the man works and the woman doesn't, which has a few issues. I mean, A, the entire premise is bad. Let's just start there. B, women were not just chilling at home, getting manicures, living a soft life. They were doing other shit. They were raising children, which is a lot of fucking work. C, That life never existed for Black women who are primarily driving this trend. Like, while white women were out fighting to work, Black women were in those white women's kitchen feeding their kids, cleaning their laundry. Black women have always worked outside the home. So trying to return to the housewife era is just historically inaccurate. That did not ever exist for us. No. And D, maybe the most important, those 50s housewives were not happy. Like, I saw this really funny tweet from Et written by Hana, who everyone should be following. She said, Cannot believe y'all are romanticizing the 1950s wife lifestyle, like they weren't having mental breakdowns with their morning coffee. The follow-up tweet is, Men were having their wives committed for just looking at a job application, and y'all are talking about OMG the soft life. Like, Bitches were out here getting lobotomized for wanting to open a bank account, and y'all think that's cute and something to aspire towards? What the fuck is happening? What's in the water? Is it polio? (laughs) I mean,
1: again, to a certain extent, I get it. I'm tired of going to work, too. I'm tired of having it all, meaning doing everything for myself and also for my company and also and also and also insert plenty of persons here. I do not dream of labor. But I deeply understand the desire to be rich and have no responsibilities.
0: But babes, this is not the way forward. Like we said at the top, all three of these trends, as in soft life, clean girl, old money, in their own special, individual, demented way, all seem to be a response to a certain kind of commercialized feminism. And this is the only way I can rationalize why these exist, because otherwise I just feel like we're going back to a trad wife era and I don't know what in the world makes people want that to happen. But if you think of the feminism that most Zoomers slash millennials grew up with, this kind of makes sense? Emphasis on the kind of? Like, we had Sheryl Sandberg lean in. We had CEO, stop fucking saying that. We had casual sex is inherently liberatory. We had bad boss bitch who's always on her grind. I love bad boss bitch who's always on her grind, get your money. But clean girl and old money and soft life, I think, are all an attempt to push back against that thing by opting out of a hustle culture that causes like undue stress. They're trying to resist a kind of beauty standard that requires hours of labor and five different kinds of a concealer. It's an attempt to exist outside of a trend cycle that churns so fast that as soon as you understand what's in, it's also on its way out to the landfill. At their core, I feel like these are all just symptomatic trends of a kind of burnout from capitalism. Yes, it did only take us 25 minutes to get to capitalism.
1: But we're all tired. And like I've said, and I'll keep saying it, to some degree, it is understandable. I mean, I think we just generally need to stop forcing women to be just one thing anyway, and then there wouldn't be a response to that one thing that swings in the total opposite direction. And yeah, if you're trying to hide something you don't need to hide, then maybe you are hiding something you shouldn't, like wearing makeup because you're overworked and stressed at your job. I mean... I have a general hesitation towards the beauty and wellness industry because it inherently needs to frame you as not beautiful to sell you a product that will make you beautiful. And there has been a lot of work from online advocates about being able to explore your look and aesthetic and buy products without feeling the need to get sucked into this binary. But when they're marketed as upholding standards that are common base standards like cleanliness and personal hygiene, we run into a big problem of ostracization, exclusion, and minoritizing, when in actuality, the beauty industry is one of the few times in life where the minority rules. And by that, I mean there are more people with normal bodies than those with influencer-type bodies, more people with acne, dark spots, or textured skin than those without, more people who are impoverished than the 1%, and I could go on.
0: And the beauty and fashion industry get out of actually having to engage with the majority by selling you the lifestyle of the minority. And that's ultimately what clean girl, old money, soft life all have in common besides being weirdly politically regressive. Despite the fact that they're theoretically operating on minimalism, as in you shouldn't have to buy a lot to do these trends... Every single one of them requires you to buy something you currently don't have, whether it's Ralph Lauren or Olaplex or a divine feminine class taught by an influencer. Don't buy any of that. I mean, buy the Ralph Lauren and the Olaplex. That shit kind of slaps. But only if you want to. It's not going to change your life. Yeah. Instead, just buy Slate Plus wow Nadira (laughs) I'm sorry I had
1: to it was right there and by right there I mean slate.com slash icymi plus
0: all right that is the show we will be back in your feed on Saturday so please subscribe it is the best way to never miss an episode to never miss an aesthetic explanation to never miss a explainer on insert something core Please leave a five-star rating and review on Apple or Spotify and tell your friends about us. You can follow us on Twitter at ICYMI underscore pod. Just also, we can DM us your questions like, what is soft life? And you can also always drop us a note at ICYMI at Slate.com. There's Woodland Goth. There's acid Pixie. There's Goblin Core. There's Slime Punk. There's Fairy Grunge.
1: ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader and Rachel Hampton. Daisy Rosario is our senior supervising producer, and Alicia Montgomery is Slate's VP of audio.
0: See you online. Or at a polo match. I don't think she knew what she was doing. Because she's functionally just doing a makeup <laughs> What the fuck was that? <laughs> I don't know what just happened. Something just fell, and I don't know what